Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Hey, Constable and Mark Rommeller, back with you here on You Better You Bet. We just heard from Alex Christensen, a.k.a. Noops, is how you can find him on Twitter. Some of his thoughts on NBA free agency, what he's thinking about the 76ers, Joe, uh, Joel Embiid, James Harden. What's going to happen with that duo, Damian Lillard? He said he's likely going to Miami. I think that's the consensus all around. Mark, the one thing I wanted to ask him about, and we really didn't get a whole lot of time to because we talked so much about free agency, is NBA Summer League. Those leagues are starting. Uh, Right now, there is the, what is there? It's the California Classic in Sacramento that's going on. That wraps up today. Uh, also, the Salt Lake City League has been going on. That wraps up tomorrow. Then, obviously, Vegas uh, Summer League is kind of the big NBA 2K 24 uh, 10-day tournament in Las Vegas is the big one. So that's happening. That starts actually on Friday. Have you been watching any of the Summer League games so far? A little bit. A little bit. But, you know, going to dive in a little bit more as we go just because, uh, you know, that's what we got going on right now, right? We got to take what right? we can get. but. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, and there is some, you know, good storylines, right? You know, you look at, you know, uh, you know, Chet Holmgren, obviously people want to see him in action. Um, you know, he looked great in his first game tonight. I believe he plays again tonight for with the Thunder. And, um, you know, there he had an opportunity to keep showing out. And the Thunder are a team that I really think has a ton of potential. I think it's fascinating the way they turn, you know, tore things down and are trying to build them, build themselves back up. Uh, there were a lot of fun for certain stretches last year, you know, bet from a betting perspective, uh, you know, when they get hot, there were some times where I definitely uh, got in on the thunder, but um, I, I want to see how he continues to develop. Very intriguing. A lot of people were concerned about his size and, you know, you see the same thing with Webb and Yama, um, you know, with the Spurs. We, I think when these great talents that have size to them come into the league, you know, the first thing that people wonder is, is are they going to be able to hold up to the physical rigors of the league? Um, Holmgren obviously injured last year, and now he gets a chance in his second year to come back um, and make a bigger impact for the Thunder. And that's really the one that I'm watching. I mean, that's that's the team that I think is the most exciting. I like chaos. I think the Thunder could, you know, maybe cause a little chaos next year if he, uh, you know, develops into what they think. I The Thunder almost snuck into the playoffs this past year. I mean, they were in the play-in tournament. Well, who did they lose to? The Timberwolves, was it? I think it was the Wolves. I think it was the Wolves that they lost to. But, yeah, they were in the play-in. I I think I bet them that first play-in game, and they didn't get home for me. So, Um, But, yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. I mean, they're a fun team. SGA, um, you know, is so much fun to watch. Like, they're they're a team. I like seeing these teams kind of propel up and, you know, and kind of get into the mix. So, I I think they're going to be a lot of fun. But, hopefully, Homer can stay healthy. Listen, I'm from Philadelphia. I go all the way back to Sean Bradley, so I do get worried when these big, tall, thin guys, you know, <laughs> can they, um, you know, hold up to the to the physicality that they're going to get at the NBA level? Um, so, you know, I, but hopefully, you know, Holmgren, uh, you know, can stay healthy, have a very successful year because I think that team's just going to be more fun to watch. That's what I've always wondered too, and I guess we'll find out this year. Chet Holmgren in that his first summer league game 
Six of 14, he started off really slow, airballed like a finger roll, missed a layup, but finished with 15, uh, nine rebounds, four blocks, you know, a rim protector. That's kind of his defensive game there. But can't picture him going up against Joel Embiid or some of the bigger yeah. player, even like Kavon Looney or DeAndre Ayton. Like, I, I don't know. Wait until he's in a game like that. How many pounds does Joel Embiid have on Chet Holmgren? I feel like he and Victor Wembanyama, they're just so thin. And I know as their career progresses, like you look at Giannis in his first couple of years in the league, he was a stick too. And now he's a massive guy. But he, both Wembanyama, for how good Wembanyama is, and Holmgren, they're going to get pushed around quite a bit early on in their NBA careers just because of how thin their frame is. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And that, that's the big concern is, is can you put them on a program, you know, from a strength and conditioning perspective to for them to fill out their frame, for them to be able to hold up as the season goes on. And that's the hardest part for, you know, being a talent evaluator in the NBA, you know, for these guys, it's it, it's a big projection, you know, and it doesn't mean that it never works and it doesn't mean that it always works, right? As fans, we like to jump on one side. And we're like, well, I didn't see it work with this player, so it's not going to work with any of them. But some of them do, some of them don't. If you remember, even some of the great players like, you know, like uh, Dwight Howard, when he came into the league, he was thin and he really you saw him kind of transform uh, right in front of us. But a lot of these players, they come in so young in the NBA, it takes them time to develop. Um, so I think that, they, you know, you have to give a guy like Holmgren time and see if he can – uh, you know, add the bulk and, you know, to, to where he can hold up, you know, in, you know, we'll, NBA schedule is pretty rigorous. I know we laugh at the load load management and stuff, but it's not like football where you're playing once a week. You got to go back in there night in and night out and bang. And it's, uh, I mean, travel on top of all of that, you're, you're getting in late at night. It is, it is quite a bit. Um, in terms of rookie of the year odds, when Banyana is obviously the favorite, minus 200. Then you have Scoot Henderson, plus 350. Chet Holmgren is plus 500. And Brandon Miller, who just put up 18 in his summer league debut with the Hornets, he's plus 900. Anyone in this list other than Scoot that sticks out, not Scoot, other than when Banyana that sticks out uh, to you? You're Scoot reading my mind, hey, Give me Scoot. <laughs> give me some Scoot plus 350. Um, I, I think when you look at him and the, the impact that he can have, you know, as a player um, on that team, you know, they're going to get rid of Lillard. They have a lot of good, young, fun players. They're going to get a, a good return back for Lillard, right? They're not just going to give him away. That's why we're in this stalemate. So I think there's going to be a lot of pieces. He's going to have a chance to thrive. And you look at – he's kind of bracketed. In between, you know, he's got like a, a tree sandwich there. You got Wemby and then you got Chet Holmgren on the odds boards, uh, you know, bookending them. And there's injury concerns. How many games are those players going to play, right? We know Scoot's going to be out there. He's nothing but energy, man. He's rocket fuel. Give him yeah. the ball and let him go. So um, I think he's going to be the guy making the highlights, making the impact um, in his first year. So I, I, I like Scoot there at that number. Yeah, I can't I can't disagree with you. Just his personality too. I mean, he mm -hmm. said that he thought he should go number 1. And I kind of feel like obviously he's just saying that because you have to say that. You can't be like, "Oh yeah, I'm the second best player in the draft." You've got to pump your chest and be like, "No, I know I'm the best player." Whether or not you fully believe that. Um and Wembanyama is such a different player than we've ever ever seen. Of course, he's going to go number 1, but any other draft Scoot would have been 
far and away, I think, the number one pick, even though Brandon Miller went before him at number two this year. Yeah, I think Portland really got a steal with with him kind of dropping, yeah. you know, and, and it's it, it's a good situation for them. I think they deserve some love. You know, they, a lot, they were hopeful that they would get the number one pick. It didn't turn out that way, but I think they got a great player with Henderson. And I think for, you know, an organization that's been through a lot with the Lillard stuff and trying to, you know, build around him and then him not only requesting a trade, but now he's kind of digging his heels in and saying like, okay, you have to trade with this team. And, you know, it, it makes it tough on the organization. So I think the fans deserve it. Listen, I like it when new teams step up and thrive, and they're going to be a lot of fun. Sharps a lot; of, they got a lot of good young players there. Um, so I like Portland. I think Scoot can 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 really make an impact in this first year. And out of that group, Brandon Miller looked nice, but Charlotte just something's off with that team. I have much more confidence in Scoot. Yeah, Charlotte just has more to figure out. But I feel like Scoot will be able so. to command more of the attention and kind of be the guy on that team. Plus, with Dame gone, maybe he can switch over and take zero instead of double zero. Because that's his number. That that's what he good. chose. Right? <laughs> zero was already taken. Why not, right? I, I hate the zeros. I hate yeah, jerseys with zero. Even Double zero is even worse. So at least now yeah. maybe Scoot can move over and take over for Dame's number. Although, do you want to take so. Dame's it, number? It, maybe you just want to be your own person. You know, and not yeah. the team's number. I don't know. You know, we'll, we'll see how he does it. But um, one of the funny things is, you know, you mentioned how he said that he should have been the number one um, overall pick. And I think that it's hilarious is, you know, is fans watching the sport and betters and whatnot. When a player that we like says that, we love it. We're like, oh, that's the mentality you have to say. But when it's not, like, if you remember when Josh Rosen got Dre or fell to, like, the Cardinals at number, I think it was, like, pick 10 or 6 or somewhere along the line. Like, he was like, I should have been the first pick of the draft and and never lived it down, right? Is that at a league in a couple years? And he wasn't good enough to play in the NFL. You know, he struggled or whatnot. But it is that dynamic from when a player – says it if it's a player that we like and we're rooting for we love to hear it if it's not we're like how can you say that you obviously shouldn't been the number one pick so it always cracks me up when that comes up i've always thought of that too because also if a player doesn't say that then we get at him like well you're not confident you don't you know you should be you don't have the killer mentality you're not fully bought in yeah it just goes on and on so a lot of times these players are kind of at a lose-lose with fans, with people like us, people even in the media. Um, wh- whether they say it or whether they don't, someone's going to find some fault to it in one aspect or another. Yeah, I don't even know how to handle that situation as a player. Maybe I would just say that, like, hey, hopefully at the end of the career I'm the best player or whatnot. I don't know. I had the biggest impact, yeah. uh, right. you know, instead of putting that pressure on myself right away. But, hey, listen. Scoot wants to pressure. He's got it. I think he's there for all the smoke. So I'm excited to see him with the Blazers. He's he's going to be very fun to watch. Um, Scoot and Wembanyama are going to meet in Summer League in Vegas. I believe that's happening on the 8th or 9th. Not confirmed yet, but I will um, we'll check on that in the next break. Um, but one of the things the that Blazers. they're testing out. What is it? Take the Blazers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know the who number won? yet. Take the Blazers. Do you remember who won the last time those two met? Because they played each other once or twice. We'll check yeah, on that. I'm not sure. Too. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll have to check on that one after the break. But I'll be rooting for the Blazers in that one. <laughs> 
One of the things in Summer League that the NBA is testing out is a new in-game penalty for flopping, which is something that does need to be addressed because players do it all the time. I, I mean, what was it, two years ago or less? Yeah, two years ago in the postseason when the Suns and Mavs were playing each other and Devin Booker went down and is, like, rolling around on the floor. Then he looks at the camera and, like, winks and then goes back down and, and he says that's the Luka special. Like, that's the one that pops into my mind. Or who was it on the Celtics with, when LeBron just had his meltdown last year at the end of a game? Just, like, I don't know. That was more of just a missed call. But – Flopping happens all the time in the NBA. So what they're going to do is the referees determine that someone did flop. You'll be penalized um, by awarding the opposing team one free throw. And the player who commits the flop will be assessed a non-unsportsmanlike technical foul. Won't count towards personal fouls or lead to an ejection. So I don't really know what that even means. Just like a slap on the wrist. But the other team gets a free throw. Which maybe something... Not a bad thing to test out. It's a step in the right direction. But I do think, like, <clears throat> I don't like that they're kind of halfway doing it. Like, it's not going to count for a personal foul. And, you know, if you're going to enforce it, just enforce it. And it's going to be painful, right? Because, yeah. like, every other rule in the NBA, the officials are going to get it wrong. And it's going to look ugly when it gets wrong because it's going to be all over Twitter. But, you know, if they can limit that kind of stuff, I'm all for it. I do think, I mean – in, in in the literal term, it's unsportsmanlike to, to be like flopping around like that, yeah. trying to deceive the officials. So um, it, it's just hard because basketball is a game, you know, especially from a betting perspective, we know, right? You know, Lakers would spend a lot of time at the foul line, right? So the, the officials have an impact on the game. They have a direct impact. And this kind of, I think some people look at it like, hey, they're going to have even more power. We don't want that. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. We want the yeah. players that determine the game, but they have to do something to stop them from, you know, really, like, you know, making it a circus with all this flopping around. I don't think there's a fan in the universe that wants to see, you know, more flopping. So if they can curb it a little bit and it's going to be ugly and we're going to go through a little bit of pain, but I think it'll be worth it in the long run if they enforce it correctly. Well, I mean, that was kind of like the the clear path foul that they implemented just a couple of years ago. And that's kind of a pain in the butt sometimes. As if, I mean, if it's your team that it's going against, that, that always sucks. But it has kind of worked. And with this new rule, officials aren't going to be required to stop live play when calling a flop. They'll then just wait until the play's over and then call it. I don't know. That that part seems weird. Yeah. But I do think it will, it will help at least somewhat. And I'm just – if you do it in, in summer league – are these players used to flopping? Like, I feel like flopping starts way more in the NBA and like the starts veteran the players, top. they yeah. understand how to. So maybe they're not at least hope good it starts at flopping. At the top. Yeah, yeah. We don't want, hopefully people aren't flopping all around high school games, you know, preparing themselves and getting ready to go in the, you know, college or the NBA. But yeah, I agree. I, to me, that's why I think you've got to enforce it. Like, figure it out. You know, if you want to figure it out in the summer league or, you know, a lower level, whatnot, that's fine. Figure it out and enforce it, but go all the way with it. All right, more to come here on You Better You Bet. Stick with us. We'll be back after the break for a little college football look ahead.